Uh, well, good morning. I must be a figment of your imagination, too. Uh, obviously, things didn't work out in Boston. As uh, Kate said, we'll uh, uh, update you a little bit later. But uh, always good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, welcome this morning. Welcome to those who are on Zoom or listening online this morning. So glad to have you with us. So, what I want you to do this morning is go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 4 in your Bibles or in your devices. I'm going to come down here and grab a little inspiration that I brought with me this morning. Proverbs chapter 4. And I have two bags with me this morning. One with fruit snacks. Uh, this is our leftover candy because we didn't have a, a whole lot of Halloweeners this year. And uh, so we've got some fr made with real fruit. Okay, so these, are, so these are really good for you. But they're sweet and they're nice and they're candy, right? And this bag here is uh, a bunch of old dead leaves and sticks that I got out of my backyard. Okay, so I'm going to put these over here so you can kind of keep an eye on them there. Uh, funny thing about those bags. Let me let me walk back over here. Give Alex a minute to get this thing over. So, this bag of leaves and sticks. If I treat this real nice, and I open it gently, and I reach in here very casually, what's going to come out of here? Old leaves and sticks, right? Now, if I take this bag of candy, and I treat it rough, and I rip it open. I just, what comes out of here? Nice and sweet candy, right? So these two bags, simple illustration here, are going to represent our hearts. Okay? They're going to represent our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance. I knew I was going to pronounce that wrong. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. With all vigilance. The Hebrew here uh, literally says from all. Okay, There's the two words there, from all, or more than all. Or as you and I might say in our vernacular, more than anything, keep your heart. Keep your heart. Now, the word keep here is not used in the same sense as I hand you this Bible and I say, here, it's yours to keep, okay? That's, that's, that's not, it's not talking about ownership here. Let me show you a picture to illustrate better what we're talking about here. What you're looking at here, uh, if you can see the wall to the left on the bottom, uh, this is a castle courtyard, and up there in the center, up those steps, protected on that little mound, is a thing called a keep. Okay, uh, according to the World History Encyclopedia, a keep was located within a castle courtyard and had extra thick walls and a protected entrance. It was the safest place in a castle should war break out. Okay, so you're kind of getting the sense here of what we're talking about. So when the scriptures say more than anything, keep your heart, it means to protect it. To guard it, right? Keep it safe, lest an enemy come in and cause 
destruction. For from that heart, the Bible says, flow the springs of life. What does that mean? What are the springs of life? Jesus gave us insight into this, I believe, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says this, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. He goes on to say, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you see it? So what are the springs of life? There are words and our actions, our attitudes, positivity, negativity, right? It all flows from where? From our hearts. From our hearts. Now, most of us don't have a heart that looks like either of these because uh, it's really going to be a mixture of the two, isn't it? Most of us are going to have some candy in there and some dead leaves in there, right? They're going to come out at various times depending on the situation in life. But it still uh, remains to be seen uh, what's in there is what ultimately comes out. Whether we're treated... Uh, necessarily uh, nicely and calmly or whether we're treated roughly, what's in there is eventually going to come out. So, what comes out in the course of a week for you, for me? Is it sweetness? Or is it dead leaves and pointy sticks? Hmm. If we really want to know, all we have to do is ask the people that we're around the most. Our spouses, our co-workers, our good friends, good friends, the ones that will be honest with us, right? What do you see coming out of my mouth? What do you see coming out of my actions on a regular basis? Is it sweetness? Is it dead leaves? Sharp sticks? Is it any wonder that the Bible says then, more than anything, keep your heart, guard it. Protect it. Keep it safe. Because our heart determines who we really are, doesn't it? And what is in there is what we, the guardians of our hearts, have either put in there ourselves or have allowed to get in there, right? He doesn't say, Kate, keep Ron's heart. No, he says, Ron, keep your heart, right? I am the guardian of my heart. You are the guardian of your heart. And so what is in there, good, bad, or indifferent, we have allowed or put in there ourselves. So think about it. If our heart is left unguarded and bitterness is allowed to get in, what happens? Right? How about lust or greed or envy? How about pride? Maybe the love of money. How about discouragement or low self-worth? Right? Do you see it? How these things get in and then affect us? I, I, I learned a number of years ago uh, something that has really helped me to deal with difficult people. And that word and that, that phrase was hurting people hurt people. Somewhere, way back. And, and I've seen childhood hurts 
that were, that were stuffed, not dealt with, not healed, come out later in life in people's 60s and 70s and 80s. They are bitter. They are just, they're mean, they're nasty. They're, why? Because they're hurt. Deep down in there, there was a hurt that never healed, never got dealt with. That hurt came into the heart and settled there. Right? How do we keep our hearts? I think we all kind of see this is a good idea. <laughs> Everything in this book is a good idea, right? How do we keep our hearts? Good question. Well, think of that castle keep for a minute. There were armed guards there, weren't there? Trained armed guards who were looking out, discerning what was good or what was evil to come in, right? Letting the good people in, keeping the enemies out. And in the same way, if you and I are going to keep our hearts, we need to be able to discern and to recognize what is good, what should be allowed in, what is not good, what should not be allowed in. One of the paths to our hearts is what we ourselves choose to watch and listen to, right? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear, right? We all learned that song when we were little. Right? Got to be what we set our eyes and ears on, what we have coming in. Uh, I, I've shared before that when I was in sales and on the road, uh, I used to um, listen primarily to either worship music or preachers on the radio, teachers on the radio, you know, just feeding my spirit. And one day I, I fell into talk radio, and I was listening to that for about three months or so. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me just how cynical I had become. I was complaining about everything, right? Why? Because that's what I was feeding myself over and over and over. Now, this is the key, because here is where religion comes in. I want you to hear this, because this is where religion comes in and messes everything up. Because then we want to put rules on everything. You can't watch this. You can't listen to this. You can't do this over here, right? I think we've shared before how when Kate joined a particular church as a young girl, she had to sign a statement, right? That she would not play cards, and she would not go to movies, and she would not dance, right? Because that was the rigid thing. You can't do that. Like playing go fish is going to corrupt somebody, right? But it's easier, isn't it? It's easier to set the rules than it is to look at life through wisdom. See, rather than me to notice that this weekend poker game with the guys for chips is starting to get me to look for games where there's real money around because, hey, I'm getting pretty good at this. Maybe I could make some money at this. And now this has blossomed into this. And before you know it, it's blossomed into this over here. Right? Wisdom rather than can't play cards. You know? No crazy eights. Because that could corrupt you. Right? Or maybe those mostly clean movies are increasing my appetite to see more and more things that I know I shouldn't be looking at. 
or that the romance novels are giving me unrealistic expectations and causing me to get more and more discontented with my marriage and my spouse. Or that that seriously harmless bantering with the co-worker is starting to turn into a little flirting and I'm liking it a little too much. Right? Looking at life with wisdom rather than the rules to be that trained guard at the keep to say, wait a minute, this doesn't look right. No entrance. I'm shutting it down here and now. Right? And, and the biggest difficulty of all is that the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful. <laughs> they deceive us. Right? Oh, yeah. This isn't affecting me. I can handle this. Famous last words, aren't they? A lot, a lot of people. See, this is where you and I move from trying to be the good Christian who follows the rules into actual spiritual maturity. I'm making decisions now based on what I see of wisdom, right, and discernment. I'm going to break this off. Because you know what? Even, even you and I have different uh, weaknesses in our lives, don't we? So what might be okay for the person next to me, I discern, I can't do this because it's affecting me in this way. I can see my heart being pulled in this direction. I can see that that's not a godly direction. i got to cut this off. It's okay with them. You know, alcohol is a prime example. Some people can have a glass of wine with dinner, you know, every night of the week. It's no big deal. Other people can't stop with one. they got to have two, and two leads to three, and three leads to right? So our weaknesses are not the same. That's where discernment comes in. That's where training comes in. Right? It's not, you can't have a glass of wine because the church says no. No. It's wisdom. It's discernment. It's God. I, I, I know me. <laughs> I can't do this. Right? Making good decisions. This is going to help me. This is going to strengthen my faith. This is going to bring me closer to the Lord. This is drawing me away. I don't want to admit it, but this is drawing me away. This is keeping me away from the Lord. This is keeping me away from church. This is keeping me... It's not good for me, right? Spiritual maturity says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. I quit playing games, Paul says. You ever play games? I've played games spiritually with God, right? Played games with my own heart. This is nothing. I can handle this. Mm -hmm. Sure. Paul says, I quit dangling my toes in the pond with the no swimming sign, thinking, I got this, right? Many years ago in a church that Kate and I were in, two very well-known, very talented individuals from two different families got involved in the same ministry. No one seemed to notice how much time they were spending 
talking with another. Right in public, right out in the open, right? Nobody seemed to notice until it was too late. Until one marriage ended up crashed and burned and the other one was fortunately, thank God, saved. Um, why? Because they didn't guard their hearts. Because you get involved in these little conversations and, oh, it's ministry! Right? I mean, I mean, much less, you know, oh, it's, it's just my co-worker. You know, we work together day after day after day after day, right? That kind of thing. But this is ministry. We're, we're talking about ministry. We're sharing our hearts. You know, I, it, it's amazing to me, I, I, I have, because I've learned these things. Um, I, I've talked to people in pre-marriage counseling, and, they, and let's say the girl's name is Sally, and she says, you know, well, Fred is, has been my best friend forever. We share everything. And I say, well, now your husband is your best friend. You only share your heart with him. What? They look at me like I've got three heads. Sharing the deep parts of our hearts and our feelings with someone creates emotional bonds, right? Nobody plans on having an affair. They develop over time, right? These are the kinds of things, right? Whether it's, a, whether it's relationships, whether it's alcohol, whether it's you know this, that, or the other thing. What is drawing me? What's pulling on my heart? What direction am I going in? Is this that I am allowing into my eyes, ears, allowing into my heart? Is it feeding me spiritually? Is it pulling me in the right direction? Or is it taking me in this direction over here? Wisdom, discernment, growing up spiritually, right? Maturity. Why did this happen for our good friends? Because they didn't guard their hearts didn't guard their hearts. Because when the Holy Spirit whispered, hey, watch it, they justified it, right? It's ministry, right? And that emotional bond, ever so subtly, right? Uh, I just saw something about this recently. Uh, I think it was a Facebook thing. You know, it, it, Satan doesn't do, just pop out of somewhere and say, hey, you know, I want to be your boss, follow me. No, it's the subtle stuff, right? I think, uh, was it Song of Solomon, I think, that says the little foxes spoil the vineyard? It's not the, it's not the big rocks that we trip over. It's the little stones that we can step over that lead to more and more and more and more, right? Get us going down the wrong path. It's subtle. It's smooth. And the enemy knows exactly what he's doing to put those little carrots in front of us. Guard your heart. And I'll tell you the truth, these, these were seasoned believers. These were not rookies in the Lord, right? Who I personally would not have ever thought something like that was possible. We all have weaknesses, don't we? Yeah, part of maturity is knowing what our weaknesses are and being honest with them, right? Being honest with them. I remember one pastor we had was dealing with a teenage son who was trying to push boundaries. Anybody know how that goes? <laughs> whether you're a parent or whether you were a teenager, you know how that goes, right? 
trying to push a boundary, not, not exactly sure, you know, maybe being out past normal time or being at someone's house at a party where the parents weren't home or something like this, and the father says no, and his son says, you don't trust me. And the, you know what you know, his father said, the pastor, he says, you're right. You know why? Because I don't trust me. Never forgot that. That pastor knew what his own weaknesses were. Yeah. See, it's not the rule itself. Do this, don't do that. Isn't, isn't that what we got away from, Old Testament, New Testament? Got away from the rules. It's not, can I do this? Right? Like, like we need to be told as children, you can't do that. No, we're moving on to maturity. We're moving on to adulthood. It's, should I do this? Should I do this? Is this right for me? Not for the person next to me. Is this right for me? But Pastor Ron, didn't you say our hearts deceive us? Yes. And that's why also opposed to the Old Covenant in the Old Testament where they had just the law, do this, don't do that. We have, if we've received Christ as Savior, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. What an amazing gift that God has given us. Somebody to say, hey, don't go there. But you know he's a gentleman? I won't, I won't ask for a raising of the hands, but I will tell you on numerous occasions in my Christian life, the Holy Spirit has said, hey, Ron, and I went, but I want this. But Ron, don't do that. Wait, I, I, I want this. Easy to push out of the way. He's not going to stand there with a flaming sword. I'm sorry. But again, part of maturity, part of growing up. Right? We have the Holy Spirit to help us to know where to draw the lines. Not to be good or bad in the sense of I'm good or, or bad. God, I'm going to lose God's favor. He's mad at me. He's upset with me. What's going to make God happy or mad? But in the way of maturity, it says, I want you to be your best. I want you to have your best life. I want you to fill your heart with good things so that when life comes at you, whether it's gentle and nice or whether it's, you know, crisis or whatever, that you have good things coming out of you and towards the people around you. That's what he's after. It's for us. Now we've talked about a lot about temptation kinds of things. But again, we, we also need to be on guard with our hearts against things like pride, bitterness, the lies of the enemy that we're a failure or defined by our past mistakes. These things can also, over time, worm their way into our hearts, can't they? Yeah. How do we do that? How do we keep our hearts? The best way I know is this. There's an old computer term, GIGO, G-I-G-O. Stands for garbage in, garbage out, right? 
Whatever we spend our time thinking about is eventually going to find its way into our hearts, whether we're listening to it over and over, watching it over and over, right? You ever listen to yourself? You ever, you ever listen to yourself? I have. No, I, don't have, I haven't listened to you. Uh, actually, I did have somebody recently say, hey, how did you get into my head? But uh, I've listened to myself at times. If I'm upset about something, frustrated about something, and, and the things that go on in my mind over and over and over about that situation, about that person, right? And it just keeps going, 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 going. Or, or, or if I'm not, you know, just, just wake up in a, in a, in a funk, you know, and, and your mind just talks about that funk all over, right? All, the whole morning long. I don't feel good. Night of this, night of You ever listen to yourself? I challenge you this week. Take some time. Listen to yourself. You're going to want to slap yourself. <laughs> right? I, I do. I want to slap myself. What in the world are you doing? Listen to you. And God challenged me that with that one morning. Just, I woke up, I wasn't feeling good. And uh, I, I, I was rehearsing. <laughs> I don't feel good. Rehearsing telling my wife, I don't feel good. Rehearsing calling into the office saying, I don't feel good. I'm not coming in today. Rehearsing this other, and, and God, you know, finally gray my shirt collar like he, he does too often. And uh, he, he's, are you hearing this? <laughs> are you hearing this? What do you keep telling yourself that for? So I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God, I... I I look to you, you know, to, to heal me, to get me feeling better so I can do... So every time the thought would come, you know, you'd feel the pain or, or the discomfort, and I would say, I gave that up to God. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting Him to get me out of this. Uh, an hour later, I was in the office doing fine. It's just, that's, that's how He showed me one day. What we think about, you know, so a thought... I'm not going to quote this verbatim, I know, but so a thought, you know, and, and, and eventually it, it becomes an action, right? Becomes an attitude, becomes an action, becomes a destiny. What are we sowing? What are we letting into our minds? What are we letting into our hearts? If we're constantly thinking and telling ourselves how bad our job is, how good is our job going to get? Right? It's going to get worse. We're thinking about how someone hurt us and going over that over and over and over and over again. Are we going to get bitter? Yeah. We're thinking about past failures over and over and over and over. What's going to happen? We're never going to move beyond them. Right? We're thinking about our rights. How dare they do that to me? How dare they do that to me, right? Over and over and over, we're going to become prideful. We're thinking about what our spouse did, you know, yesterday or whatever, and how unhappy we are. What's going to happen to that relationship over the course of time? We keep feeding ourselves that junk. I've talked to a lot of people recently since COVID that have stopped watching the news. Maybe you're one of them. Right? Because it's just 
bad over and over and over and over. You know, you turn the TV on first thing in the day, and it's just, you know, just bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And you find people on edge. Why? Because they're feeding on this stuff. You find people angry, upset, you know, over and over, right? Because that's, that's what we did during COVID. We locked in and watched the news. What's going on up here? Trickles down into here and eventually comes out as who we are. We need to guard those hearts. We need to guard them. That's why Romans 12 says, be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Right? That's why 2 Corinthians says to take every thought captive. It's like you, you, you hear yourself going with things. It's like, I'm not going there. I'm, not go I'm going to pray for that person that hurt me. I'm going to make a conscious decision to forgive them right now in the presence of the Lord. I forgive them. And every time that, that hurt comes to my memory, I have forgiven them in Jesus' name. Lord, I want you to bless that person. I want you to bless them today. Right? What are we doing? We're taking those thoughts captive. Turning them around. Instead of feeding on the bitterness. That's why Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I love this. Finally, brothers, this is how, how, how Paul finishes out the book of Philippians and all that he's taught and everything. He says, finally, brothers, let's sum it all up here. Finally, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Things. This is what to set your minds on. When you find yourself going in this direction, this direction, some direction that you know is not the Lord's direction, take this mind, turn it in the right direction. Right? Is this true? Oh, I'm no good. I'm washed up. Is that true? Is that what God says about you? Right? Person. Oh, they're just, they're, they've ruined my life. Is that true? Who's in charge of your life? God is. He's in charge of your well being. Temporary glitch, probably, right? But God's ultimately in charge. Lord, bless that person. Bless that person, right? Whatever's true, whatever's lovely, praiseworthy, commendable, those are the things to set our minds on. Not because it's the rule, because we're pressing on to maturity. We're growing up. We're doing the right things because they're the right things, not because somebody is saying, you have to or you're supposed to, you're going to be a good Christian. No, we're taking responsibility for ourselves, for our minds, for our hearts, for our walk with God, for our lives. Putting childish ways behind us, walking in wisdom, taking that responsibility for who we are because we have that power, don't we? We are the guardians of our hearts. Nobody else can do it for us. And nobody else can stop us. We're the ones. We're at that final door. Who gets in and who, gets, who doesn't, right? 
and we have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to help us. Right? That's why, that's why God told Joshua, the Old Testament, meditate on this Word day and night, then you will have good success. What was Joshua to fill his mind with? Right? The truth, what God says about him, what God says he can do because he can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? That's, that's what we're looking at. So we have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And let me close with this. Some of you are going to need this. I know I need this. Uh, more than once in my life. Psalm 51, verse 10. Here's David getting very honest with the Lord about his own weaknesses, his mistakes. And he says, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. God has a way if we come to him and we say, Lord, yeah, I hear what you're telling me. I, I, I've blown it. I'm, I'm not on the right track here. Would you help me? Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. God has a way of, of I'm not going I'm, I'm to do this because nobody wants to clean this up, but God has a way of cutting a hole down here and letting this stuff go out and helping us to fill this then with the good stuff. He has a way to do that. I don't, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And he will do it if we come honestly, genuinely, sincerely. God, I need your help. He will do that for us. Lead us on the right path to fill our minds and our hearts with the good stuff. So that whatever we face in life, be it gentle or be it, you know, the good stuff is going to come out. And it's going to make a difference for us. It's going to make a difference for the people around us. And it's going to testify of the goodness of God to the world around us. Amen? So, sweetness or dead leaves and sharp sticks? What do you want? Right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I, I pray, Lord, for me and for the rest of us that you will bring us to that place in your presence, that we will get honest, that we will also say like David, Lord, search me. Search me and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, shine the light in my heart. Show me what's in there. Show me why it's there. Show me how to deal with it. That I can begin to fill my heart with what is true and lovely and noble and praiseworthy and sweet and kind and generous. I glorify you and have a better life, period.
just have a happier, healthier life. To your glory and to your praise. Thank you. Give you all that praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. While our heads are still bowed, I always want to make this plea. Maybe you've heard some things today, not only things that rang true about your heart and life as I have, but maybe you're saying, I, who, who's this Holy Spirit that can help me? Well, the Bible says that Jesus took all of our sins and all of our faults and our failures, took them upon himself on that cross and died in our place so that we could be cleansed, reconciled to God in a brand new relationship with God, God taking us as his own adopted kids. Not a religion, not a church, not a bunch of rules, but a God who loves us and walks with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, who he puts in our hearts when we open that door of our heart to him and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. And if that's you, you have not made that decision. I pray that you would today. Open your heart. Say, Jesus, I want you as my Savior and Lord. Show me what this is all about. Show me what it means to really know you and walk with you all of my life. Show me what you can make out of me me a second chance, a new start, a new beginning. Be glorified in my life, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer here or online, please let me know. love to put a Bible in your hand and answer questions and just uh, introduce you to the greatest life, <laughs> and God, he's awesome. Amen? Amen.